Do you get given socks for your birthday? When they leave on the lights, are you mad? Does a trip to the tip sound like a welcome break? Well, it sounds like you could be a dad. If the concept of dads answering questions sounds good, this might be one for you. Worst case scenario, let it play in the background while you crack on with the flat pack she's been asking you to. Thank you for checking out my podcast, Dad My Matters, helping men to safely navigate family life without losing their minds. This is the second idea I've had where basically I actually interview dads. This is Big Steve. Hello, guys. Steve, how do I know you? Through jiu-jitsu. Through jiu-jitsu. Steve uh, is very kind, actually. He's a, he's, he teaches at Grand Union, and we. I think we started... I think I started before you, but you've rapidly overtaken me. Yeah, I remember my first class at Grand Union. We was training partners, and he was, really, he was a really nice partner to actually go with, and obviously going to a new place, it's actually quite nice to have. It's a, it's cool a pretty awesome place to... You've helped yeah. me out with in previous YouTube stuff in the past, yeah, I yeah. think, definitely. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Ages ago. Yeah. But you're now a big grown-up brown belt, and I'm still battling on as a purple belt. Yeah, you've got to keep on the grind. Keep yeah, on the grind. Keep on the grind. Right, so, question one. How old were you when you became a dad? I was 25 years old when my oldest was born. Eldest? Oldest? Yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> 25. Um, yeah, pretty young. But I was literally thinking, like, the other day, like, when she's 20, I'll be 45. So at least I'll get to sort of like see her in her older years and spend more time with her kids as well. Yeah, that's a nice. You'll have, you'll have the energy when yeah. when if you're a grandparent. I think yeah, that's a, that's a nice way to look at it actually. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and then like some people want to enjoy their younger lives, you know, without having children. Without having children, but then you can look at the other way that you know, by the time I'm forty five, she's going to be doing her own thing, and then at that age. I could sort of, you know, me and my partner can probably go travelling at a later age and hopefully we'll have more income and then do more things at a later age rather than people try and do it, you know, at younger age. Yeah, so that's a good way of looking at it, actually. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all when it comes to parenting. I think whenever it happens to you is is the right time. Yeah. I was a, a massive child at 25. I'm only slightly more grown up now but i wouldn't i wouldn't know not what to do at 25 but i don't think anyone's ready to be a dad it's not until it happens and you accept that you need to step up and yeah and, i and think then, that's fair and then as well like, i always think with, when you know you've got nine months to sort of get your head around it you know when they're when they're getting ready and getting bigger and bigger and you slowly see them grow and then and then even after that they're you know they're so small and they don't really need like so much attention at first because they just sort of like need feeding and nappy changing but it's not like you've got to you know, do all the stuff you sort of do later but then the older they grow and you know even like brushing their hair getting them to clean their teeth and sort of like the the later things that come on and on and on that seems to but you slowly just get used to it and day by day it sort of evolves and you yeah evolve with it yeah you don't there's there's no manual for it and it is fairly terrifying when it first happens, but it's amazing that the, the, the similar to jujitsu, the learning curve is yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's an amazing journey, man, having kids. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, question number two: How would you describe the experience of being a parent in three words? First, tiring. <laughs> yeah, um, but very rewarding, and challenging i would say but like you know a good challenge as well 
Like not, it's not I, like cha- challenging. Some people can think is a, is a negative word, but some people will see it as. I think you learn an awful lot about yourself. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think it challenges you. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the experience can make you feel more joyful, but also can absolutely make you feel like I can't do this. This is yeah. in- <laughs> this is intense. Yeah. But you just have to, right? Well, yeah, like, like you don't have. A you choice. can't just run away, can you? No, no, that's a good way of looking at it. Okay, what's your biggest regret in life my biggest regret in life i don't have too many i wish i got in to being a stunt performer like you know i started doing it when i was 28 i wish i sort of got into maybe my early 20s and probably not gone to university that's like work stuff but like everything else sort of like you know even like me and my partner having our kids even though we had them early it's all sort of like fell into place and yeah that's all right yeah i you sense there's a higher power kind of dictating what we you know yeah. what happens in life because you, yeah you're right you know you had your kids early but then also you're gonna you're gonna be a fit and healthy granddad yeah and also it's like people always say god wish i'd started jujitsu five years or yeah, ten years yeah. early and the same with you know you being a stuntman but you are where you are and yeah. actually it's better to be there than then it's better to be a bit late than never have gone there at all. Yeah, and maybe you needed to learn certain lessons at certain things you did before you became who you are now, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. What is the one piece of advice you would give your teenage self? You know, as a teenager, I think a lot of people sort of look at the world and feel like everyone's judging them. Um, and I think just to sort of say to myself, like, don't worry, like, I don't get stressed out, or don't worry about if people judge you. I think you look at, I remember at school as a teenager, I used to look at people and think they were like, you know, the more popular people think they were really cool. And then years down the line and the, and the way they sort of went, I think because of that, I don't like, I, I think people just over worry, especially as teenagers about the world. And especially, especially as a teenager, when you're at school, like, you know, I remember teachers saying to me, like, if you fail with GCSEs, you're never going to get a decent job in your life. Your life's going to be ruined. Like, it was on the, it was the sink like that. They said, maybe not quite those words, yeah. but you know, like, and then they put so much pressure on you and really like, you know, there's so much going on as a teenager. I would just say to sort of myself, like, you know, just relax and, and enjoy life. And, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? When you're at the age of doing your, your GCSEs, all that matters is your GCSEs. Yeah. But then when you're like saying doing A-levels or a degree or a job, you suddenly think, that was a small bit of problem, but it's relative. It's where you are in your life. Yeah. We'll probably look back in 10 years time and think, well, what was I worried about then? Yeah. That was totally yeah. fine. But I can think that about a month ago. Like, yeah. you know, like a month ago, the tax bill was, is due. And then I was all stressing about that. And then like, you know, you You've just done you it. sort it out. Right. And then it's just like everything in life. Like just maybe I'm too much of a stressful person, but maybe just relax. I think that's another good thing with jiu-jitsu. Sometimes you go there and it just sort of like washes the worries away. Cause yeah, jiu-jitsu is, is certain. I mean, I've, I've talked a lot on the, this channel about my struggle with my mental health. Jiu-jitsu was the game changer because yeah. you cannot, you don't have a choice yeah. when, when you have someone literally about to choke you, you don't have a choice to worry about. Did I put the, a handbrake on the car or to it's so it makes you present yeah which i think is why it's so addictive because you come out thinking i've just I feel, i've felt more alive in that last hour and a half than i have maybe all day or i think it's i think that's why with jujitsu and i've not i've not seen in anything else and I've, I've worked in the fitness industry and you know done 
open water swimming and marathon training. I've not seen any other sport that has quite the same level of addiction early on. Mm. People become like, wow, I've just, this is my life now. Yeah. And I haven't heard people say that quite to the same level about other things. Yeah. I think it becomes like a bit of a superpower as well. So when, you know, when you start and you're just getting absolutely beaten up and then you know that you're there for six months and then another guy starts and then you realize like how much you can control them with someone who's, you know, if you've been training six months and they've trained zero and it's their first day and how much you can just control them like it's it's like it's like a superpower and that's yeah. why it gets so addictive and every time someone t- teaches you a new move it's like someone's giving you a little piece of gold that you can put towards making you better and better and better yeah i remember my first class being paired up with this white belt and she must have been 15 or 16 and i remember thinking well i'm not you know i'm not i'm not mike tyson but i don't want to hurt her she battered me and i remember thinking I don't know what, I don't know, how is this happening? I remember it was such a, like, uh, it was such, it was such a wake-up call yeah. that she, I was trying everything I had, and she was just quite easily, I think she was maybe a two-stripe white belt, quite easily just armbarring me, choking me. And I just remember after this in the change, I was thinking, I've got to learn this. I have yeah. no idea what just happened. And, you know, I was a 40-year-old man. It's like a 40-year-old man, dad of three, and just getting basically smashed yeah. by a teenage girl. And just thought, as a, I think you go two ways. You either go, your ego can't handle it. And you go, you know, you either go, oh, it's rubbish in this. Or you go, oh, my goodness, that is amazing. I could learn, as you say, at the superpower. Yeah, 100%. Um, and there's a lot of people that literally will do that. They will literally be like, no, nah, I don't want to do this, like, this this ain't for me like i could have got her if we was standing up and they just might you know make make excuses but like that is it like you can your ego can either handle it or it can't yeah yeah that says a lot about a person as well the way they handle that yeah i think you've got to have a beginner's mind yeah you've got to be you've got to be in a certain level your ego to go oh that was embarrassing but actually i'm excited about how what i could learn yeah no right we could, this could just be an hour conversation about jiu-jitsu okay what's the best job you've ever had the best job i've ever had um i got to do five months working on n- the newly released um Ant- ant-man and the wasp quantumania that's wicked yeah it was it was really cool i was one of the quantonauts they're like this sort of space uh sort of well, the quantum soldiers uh um, it's not every day that someone asks you what do you do for jobs oh, i'm a quantonaut yeah yeah it was it was, it was really cool um, got to do really cool wire gags, loads of fighting. Got to fight Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, That's re- wicked. Yeah, it's, there's, um, it was it was really cool. And like being in a being in studios from literally we started in the summer and we finished in the winter. Like being stuck, you know, behind green screens and stuff. It can be a little bit depressing, especially you know when you're in there, you don't even see the sun all day. But we had such an amazing team, like. And the memories and the laughs, it was literally just like the best job ever. And I made so many good friends on that job as well. That was that, that was definitely the best. And you got job to fight time. Michelle Pfeiffer. To... Let's not forget that. I mean, yeah. that is, yeah. you know, that that you could just, I've retired now, don't need any. Did, yeah. you, did you see Paul Rudd? Did you meet Paul yeah, Rudd? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I didn't fight Paul Rudd, but we was having a battle scene and he was fighting one of my friends next to me and then we was doing other stuff. Um, I had a little fight with... Um, girl who plays Cassie the, the girl that plays Cassie um like Ant-Man's daughter done a little fight with her 
Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it was really, really cool. My, one of my favourite gags in it is there's a stage there called the Roger Moore stage. Um, and that's where we was doing this big um, battle in, it was called the Gorilla Village. And the space soldiers, the Quantonauts come in and they're supposed to drop in. And I was the only one that dropped in from the top of the Roger Moore stage. It must be about 12 metres. So I was on this wire system that like comes down and we're supposed to be like dropping in from these spaceships. And and it actually, I didn't think the shot was going to make the film. I saw it last week and it, and it actually made it. And with all the CGI with it as well, it looks really, really cool. That's really, cool, man. Yeah, it's really And happy. that, I mean, that, I'm sorry, but irrespective of who you are, that is a cool thing to do yeah. for a living. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's got its swings around about, it's like, you know, we, we, like I got paid good money for, for that gag, but like, and you know, I'm on a wire, so it is very safe, but like if that goes wrong and something, the wire yeah. breaks or something from 12 meters, I'm going to be in big trouble. Well, that's a problem. And, and, and for you, it, it your body is your business yeah, you know yeah. that and a life-changing injury but like, what do i do now yeah and um, even sort of going back to jiu-jitsu i have to even be careful the way i train with jiu-jitsu because if i go too much and then you know, i hurt my neck and then i get a call the next day for some work like and i can't fight properly or i can't do the gag properly because i've got an injured neck so i have to be very like i want to train and progress but not to the point where like i'm overtraining and getting injured yeah yeah which leads me on to what was the worst job you ever had? <laughs> when I was uh, at college, I worked at McDonald's for uh, three years. Um, whilst I was at college, I did that and, and a little bit of uni. Yeah. Probably there's probably thirty years difference between our McDon- McDonald's experiences. <laughs> I nearly got sacked for two reasons. One, because <laughs> I got caught. I was really hungry. I got caught by the manager eating chicken nuggets in the freezer. <laughs> and as if that's not embarrassing enough. I remember once sending through like a tray of what I thought was chicken sandwiches and the guy goes, you idiot. And I'm like, what? He goes, there are no chickens in these. <laughs> You've just sent through lettuce sandwiches. <laughs> so yeah, my, my McDonald's career was short, short lived. Yeah. But I mean, like, look, they hire teenagers for a reason, right? And we're probably at that time of life, not that switched on. And we're like, oh, this dead end job. And I think it's a, do you know what? It's like, I think it's, it's a hard job. And I, because I think I would advise any teenager to, to do that because yeah. it teaches your work ethic. Yeah. You've got some early starts. You've probably got some late finishes. It, the money's not great, it, but it's work. But you get a free lunch. You get a free <laughs> lunch. You get, you get to eat chicken nuggets. In the freezer. <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough. Right. Did you have a nickname at school? Yeah, I, I did have a nickname at school. It was Sooty. Um, it was like, I don't know why everyone just started calling me it. And then I sort of like found out <laughs> later on it was more of a racist mark because I'm, I'm half Lebanese and obviously I had slight olive skin and I grew up in Horsham, was a very white area. And someone just thought it would be funny to call me that. That's and, very unfunny. Yeah. So literally. Yeah, I bet they're not pretty, fighting it, with Michelle Pfeiffer and <laughs> teaching jujitsu. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's weird how the world turns out. Because I I got into stunts because originally I done parkour for about ten years and got to you know a professional level and then I went into transition into stunts. But I even remember when I got into parkour, my my school friends were literally giving me so much crap about it. They're like, why are you just sort of like jumping off of walls and bins and stuff and it's like jealous when you though. grow up yeah and then literally you, like they're in sort of just dead end unhappy jobs now so i think you know you should really follow 
what you and this is what I was kind of saying when when we was talking about you know what would you say to yourself as a teenager because you know there was times where I was like oh well, maybe I should listen to them but like you know where those type of people now anyway like it, it takes courage to do to 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 be the exception not the rule it it takes yeah. courage to do what what you want to do which is because I imagine I hear when I talk to my kids a lot of the time they just want to fit in they just yeah. want to fit in with the crowd yeah but the problem is living your own life probably doesn't mean fitting in it probably does mean doing yeah. things uh, yeah because at the time maybe you did parkour because you enjoyed doing it you maybe didn't realize but look where it's basically led you yeah. to yeah and that's, so that's, that's why just, you've just got to, like, i think in life you've really just got to follow your heart and not yeah. care what other people think as yeah, long yeah. as you're not hurting anyone like there's nothing wrong with doing that no like, the thing i think is the advice i would give anyone is is because when you're when you're following your passions your dreams it can be lonely if you can find small groups of, pe of like-minded people surround yourself with them that's why somewhere like mm. where we train grand union it's such a wonderful group of people yeah. and it's really rare you know i don't i don't work with people that are that cool in any other area of my life my advice you know immerse yourself in positive people surround yeah, yourself with exactly. just because those people do exist they're probably yeah. doing things themselves that are challenging because i think a lot of people probably have their dreams dampened by they're like just this is just too hard i'm just getting so much whereas if you surround yourself by people that are like no 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 who put who encourage you yeah that's probably the difference i would imagine yeah it's very true right what's the the best prank or trick you've ever played on someone? <clears throat> um, I don't think I've really done that too much. I don't really like upsetting or hurting people. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes I've sort of said stuff, I've done stuff, I can see that I've upset someone and I feel really bad about it. So I don't think I've really... That's fair enough. ...done that many pranks. Maybe just like little ones. Like, like I remember one time I went to actually a forest with... A mate and there was this like rickety old bridge and my friend was just petrified of this forest he thought there was gonna be a monster and i hid under this little bridge where there was a river but it dried Genius. out <laughs> she just <laughs> stuck my hand out under the bridge and grabbed <laughs> his leg and he pooed himself um brilliant That's but, good. but then he was like so upset with me for ages after and i was like no i just felt bad about it but some people are just not taking i yeah i think you need to be able to take a joke i think that's an important part of of, of life development i like that What's the best live gig you've ever been to? I don't think I've actually ever been to a live gig. Okay. Maybe I'm a little bit boring like that. Um, I don't think your life's boring, mate. I think your life is ending but boring. But I did go I did go to a, a like one of the first, it was in 2008. It was like the first live parkour competition. It was in um, Trafalgar Square. And it was run by Barclay Card and they sponsored it and they had this big setup and all these athletes from around the world and I remember watching that and just standing there for three, four hours and my back just killing me. And I was like, I don't think I could go to like an actual live gig and watch watch an artist. I think it would just destroy me. Yeah, I, I've been to, a, I'm not, I'm like you, I've not been to many. I've been to a few and I do get a bit, I'm a bit, you, you can get a bit cold and a bit bored. I think yeah. it's, like, it's like whenever I go and watch the rugby at like Twickenham or Murrayfield, you think this is great. But I'm quite cold. It's cost me a lot of money. And actually, I'd probably get a much better a, a view of it on the telly. Yeah. And you can sit um, on a nice comfy sofa and eat what you want. Yeah, I think that's okay to, to admit that. I did see I did see um, Ricky Gervais last year, actually. Um, he was touring in Brighton. 
that was that was good that's a gig yeah but i always always think gigs of sort of music but yeah i forget i forget obviously comedy comes under that as well and that's all right because you just sat down and it's yeah warm. yeah 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 it was um... super comfy <laughs> actually i don't think it was like the chairs were a little bit uncomfy but and then literally you, you're so far at the back sometimes you're like i could probably just see yeah. this better when it comes out on netflix like pretty much yeah where did you meet your partner i met my partner right out front or out the front of uh the, the brighton pier oh, okay so she was um she was from brighton i was from horsham and we started talking online and then we decided to meet there but really randomly like i knew her brother for years <clears throat> before even though we're from separate towns like 45 minutes away from each other because uh, he does parkour as well so when i used to come down to brighton and train parkour with the brighton lot um i met him there and then it's just weird that we actually uh, i knew her brother and then i don't think she was actually that keen to met, meet me at first because she had met some guys online and they weren't who they were saying were and they're a bit creepy and stuff but then when she actually found out that i knew her brother it reassured her a yeah little yeah bit. that's fair enough yeah what's the most important lesson you've learned in life so far i think just to enjoy life not worry as my mum always says like you know problems kind of sort themselves out um so like you've got to do something about it you can't just be like oh let's leave that but like i think over worrying and stressing in life it's like it can just turn you gray too quick you know what i mean yeah so like i think that's good advice yeah and like even for me like you know like i've done that man for five months and, and like and then i've done a couple of jobs after and then the last six months for me has been really quiet with work but it's not just me like it's a lot of the stunt guys there's a bit of a dip in the industry at the moment but it's going to come back up but then you sort of start worrying like oh, i haven't got money you've got to eat into savings got tax bill got family got mortgage to look after and then you can really sort of go down the rabbit hole of really stressing out about it mm. um but i think just to sort of stay positive think of other ways to you know overcome your worries as in like you know and think that stuff does have you're right it's it, you, you can't be passive about it and and just oh it'll sort itself out you have to do some things but things yeah. do have a way of yeah delivering do yeah. The work does turn up i think if you've got the, the that sort of mindset of I'll, I'll do what i need to do i think it's 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 stressful when you're when you're providing when you're when you're paying the mortgage yeah. that's 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 always just a level of, of stress you've got to worry about when you've got a family to look after. Yeah. But then if it wasn't the mortgage, <clears throat> then it would be rain or it would be something else. Yeah. And um, that's just the way the world is and our system is. So you got to play the game. You do have to play the game. Right. With that in mind, have you ever been in a fight? I've never been in a street fight. I remember one time I was in a club <laughs> and my, my friend bumped into this guy and spilled his drink and then my friend come over to me and this guy comes storming over and he looked at my mate and he went you, you just spilled my drink and then he looked up at me and went you're really tall yeah that's probably lucky certainly if he met you now that would yeah, be disastrous yeah. for him yeah well like the thing is is when i got into martial arts I, I, before doing jiu-jitsu and starting with you i done kickboxing for two years i done some judo and some japanese jiu-jitsu and, you know, whenever you're doing, like, self-defense arts, the kind of better thing is to sort of, like, be able to read the situations yeah. around you and if you can, avoid it. And talking, you can avoid probably 95% of it anyway. I think that's where certainly probably most martial arts, but certain jiu-jitsu gives you that, that, that calm, that yeah. sense of 
just managing your own emotions yeah. and knowing I don't want to do this. And actually, you know, I think that's why I love jujitsu. It's like, I don't want to hurt myself or someone else. I don't want to do that. I yeah. can, I can, yeah, it's, it's, it's a powerful thing. I think it's a really powerful thing. A superpower. Like we said, yeah. well, I think the main thing with jujitsu is that, you know, you train for years and then you get this new guy that comes in and, you know like i was saying earlier like you because you've trained for years they're like literally nothing and if that was in in a street where someone you know tried to take you down or or whatever got into some fisty cuffs literally like you just know how to control people and that is the really beautiful thing about yeah. jiu-jitsu it's like i'm not learning to hit someone in the head and knock them out or really injure them i'm learning to actually control people to get into dominant positions pin them on the floor and you can wait for them to calm down or, or if not, just literally like wait for the police to. Turn yeah, out. I've. You're not actually physically hurting them. No, I've. I'm, well, there's a really famous viral video clip of a guy, I think, on a train in America, just being a nightmare and going around, and this being horrible and offering and being and hitting people, and this guy comes up behind him, and just rear naked choking, but yeah. really <laughs> gently lays him down yeah, and yeah. just sorts out the situation. Yeah. You know, it doesn't actually hurt him. It's one of the reasons I went into jujitsu because I with my jobs, the seafront officer just found quite often when we have to respond to incidents, I just got overwhelmed with my emotions. I could just feel this level of, I didn't know what I was going into, whether it was, you know, supporting the police and antisocial behavior or supporting the emergency services with who knows, maybe someone who's, who's not breathing, mm. just overwhelmed with adrenaline. And I, I don't have that now. And jujitsu, I think has given me that ability just to be really methodical yeah. and actually more effective. Cause when you're overwhelmed with adrenaline, you're, you're in fight or flight you're probably not that functional whereas yeah. with jiu-jitsu you can see you can be in a really stressful situation and just ever but how are you so calm it's like because basically i put myself in situations yeah where it's adverse it's, it's amazing it's an amazing thing to train i recommend it to anyone if they can find a really good you know social club and has a good beginner's program i think i think that's go. important i think that's really important yeah. for me uh, Anyone looking certainly for a jiu-jitsu club, do they have kids' classes? Mm. And are there men and women training there? Yeah. To me, that is a major green flag. Yeah. Because basically, I mean, we're really lucky. The guy who runs Grand Union is a total legend yeah. and just has the right. And I, I, it, obviously, he sets the tone yeah. for the club. And therefore, you don't get any bullies or any... Mm. It's just none of that because they wouldn't survive in the environment. Yeah. They wouldn't. Once you have that, <clears throat> you know, if you have a good instructor like you know a really positive instructor like we do then it follows down the chain and then you have like students and if, if you've got an instructor that you know spends that extra time helping you then you see that students will sort of like start yep. helping the others as well yeah 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 um and that, that's what it's just all about like building each other up but i know some places are really sports and competition driven but for us it's like just you know more of a recreational sport some people compete some people want to learn to the more self-defense stuff and it's nice to have those options that like we have yeah we are proper lucky yeah uh right last question how did you ask out your partner she actually asked me out did she yeah so it was on it was on it was on a online dating website and um so they don't i don't think it actually exists anymore this website because this was before like tinder and all the app ones um got really big it was called plenty of fish maybe it's still about i don't know but um, yeah, she just messaged me, and I, I kind of like made my profile when I was on there for a 
I think a few years and a few dates, but it didn't really go that well. And I was like about to give up on it. <laughs> but I was like, I was going to delete my profile as well. Well, it's worked out pretty well for you. Yeah. And then literally I just, um, I was just like, oh, actually I'll just keep it. And then she, she messaged me. But I think because both of us always searched like in our town or a little bit out, but we never thought about searching, you know, yeah. 35 miles out. And then it actually worked out all right. Um, but yeah. Nice. Cool, man. Thanks for asking some questions. Thanks for having me. See you on the mats. <laughs> See you on the mats. Take it easy. Us. Us. In every moment, there's potential drama, like brushing the teeth of an angry llama. But don't worry, because you're the daddy. Dad Mind Matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday. My book, First Time Dad, a 42-week guide to pregnancy, is available in Kindle and paperback form on Amazon and an audiobook form on Audible. To sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, www.dadmindmatters.com.